We have come with an expectation that as we approach you, as we take small little faith steps, God, you move in big ways. This morning, we desire to honor you with our song, that it would rise to heaven as we join with the angelic host to declare your glory and not our own. We desire to gather around the elements, these ancient elements, in faith and remembrance. We desire to open your scriptures today. Fresh spiritual instruction. And we pray by faith this morning that we will not leave here in the same spiritual condition than when we entered. That we will walk out of here with a greater sense of awareness of your presence. Holy Spirit, fill us like the very next breath we take. Lord Jesus, illuminate our minds and our eyes and our ears that we will grow this morning. We give you our life. May your will be done here in this place. We worship you together. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Good morning, everyone. If you'd all rise and sing along with us.
Why do we lift our hands? It's a tangible action. It's an expression. See, I say I worship God, and I raise my hand as an expression of worship. Well, this morning, as an expression of our worship, we are going to do what the Lord Jesus told us to do. And so I want you to, to get your communion cup. We all have single-serve communion cups. So I'm going to give you some instructions, because these things, they need a little instruction. <laughs> I'm going to warn you right up front. Yes, you, you're going to have to take off your mask for communion. Thank you. Okay, so if you are at home and you do not have your elements ready, by all means, you can actually pause uh, the service uh, and go get those elements, uh, or you can do it after the service. Uh, but for those of us who are here, the way this cup opens, there is a top little piece of cellophane. You peel that back first to get to the bread. Okay? Now, just get that bread ready. We're going to all take it together. It's going to take us a couple weeks to get used to this. <laughs> Has everybody accessed the bread? If you have, hold it up. That is symbolic of the body of Christ that was broken for you on the cross. Does anybody need, if anybody needs help, our guest services, is ava they're available. Just raise your hand. Well, I guess I just told you all to lift your bread up. Okay, if, yep. Just lift your hand and one of our guest services will come by and help you open. Okay, so I want, to, I want us to be reminded of why we're doing this. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Paul writes, For I received from the Lord what I have also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed— and so this right now, this is ancient. We spiritually are going back to that moment where Jesus sat with his disciples— as he was preparing to go to the cross. And he took a very common element of a meal, bread, and he infused it with incredible spiritual significance. He said, when he had given thanks, he broke it, or on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. What are the next two words? Do this. You see, that's an action step. That's a tangible faith step. Do this in remembrance of me. And so, Lord Jesus, this morning, in remembrance of what you have done for us on the cross, we take and we eat. Okay, then now it's time to open the second portion of the cup carefully. And just like Jesus took common bread, he took common table wine, and for us, juice, and he infused it with incredible spiritual significance that not, not, no longer was this just a cup of wine or of juice. This is now symbolic of his shed blood for us on the cross. 
the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so this morning we take this faith step. We do this in remembrance of you, Lord Jesus. And we are reminded that at this very moment we have proclaimed the Lord's death and our salvation by faith through his sacrifice on the cross. We have just proclaimed his death until he what? He's coming back for us. Amen? All right, let's worship together.
things going on around Firewheel. Join us live on Firewheel Bible Fellowship's Facebook page, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 7.30 a.m. for morning devotions with Pastor Chris. Elementary and preschool parents, grab a blanket and come hang out outside as a family, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We will have a kid-friendly Bible time and activities that parents will lead their children through that will help reinforce the message. This will be a great time to worship together as a family, socially distanced, alongside other Firewheel families. For more information, contact Leah at firewheelfellowship.com. Our adult Bible studies have moved to Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. Join us for young families, boomers and nesters, or builders and bridgers gathering. All gatherings are open to anyone. Check firewheelfellowship.com gatherings for links. August 23rd, come a little early to the 11 a.m. Sunday service to set up some shade and comfy seating so we can worship together outside and celebrate baptisms. Stay after for a picnic lunch provided by Firewheel. There is plenty of space for each family to social distance. Masks required. Nursery and preschool will not be available so that all of our volunteers and their families can worship together. For more information, go online to firewheelfellowship.com, or you can always check us out on social media. All right, let's open our Bibles. Everybody say, Word! We are in James chapter 1. James chapter 1 is where we are at, and uh, we'll be in the book of James for a while. In fact, we're starting a brand new series this morning. The series is entitled Pushing Through the Pandemic. Pushing Through the the pandemic. Family, I want you to hear this, and, and I do not want this uh, to be, be missed by you. So whatever you got to do to concentrate or listen up right now, do it. I believe it's that important. Because we have the potential of stepping out of this pandemic in greater spiritual health than when we entered it. We have the potential of stepping out of this pandemic and greater spiritual health than when we entered it. I believe we are being afforded one of the greatest opportunities in our generation to spiritually grow. But the reciprocal of that is also accurate. We can actually step out of this pandemic spiritually sicker than when we entered it. Over the next series of messages, we're going to address five practical topics from the book of James that are directly applicable spiritually to where we are right now in this, this strange and peculiar time called hashtag 2020. It is peculiar. Would you all agree? Well, the book of James, as we will come to see, it covers five practical topics in five short chapters. I mean, that, that literally is the book of James. The book of James is a series of topical sermons prepared by a pastor to his scattered flock. <laughs> I really cannot think of a better book for us to be studying right now. 
Now, for many first-time readers, the book of James can really be hard to understand. And, and the reason why is because James essentially writes out five topical sermons. And what it feels like is he kind of cut them up into sections, randomly mixed them up, and then laid them out in a letter. And for the reader, it takes some real serious work to connect the topical dots as you go through the book of James. And as for me... It has taken five colored highlighters, two different colored pens, and the, the, plenty of cut and paste on, paste on my laptop, and a whole lot of time. But I'm going to tell you right now, it has been incredibly worth it, not only for, my, for a better understanding of the book of James, but you know what it has done? It has compelled me to desire greater spiritual growth. And, and that is my hope over the series that you not only come to a better understanding of the book of James, but my prayer is that we would all be compelled to grow spiritually. The five practical topics that we will cover through the book of James, first, how to build faith muscles. Secondly, how to use and not use this incredible tool called the tongue. Wow, those will be timely messages. Third, how to not flesh out. That is, how to deal with, with common temptations in this pull, this lull towards worldliness. Fourth, how to address our wealth addiction and our obsession with the wealthy. And then finally, how to use the wisdom map to successfully navigate this life. Well, we begin this morning with how to build faith muscles. And through the next series of messages, the next three, I'm going to argue that faith is like a muscle. If we do not work it out, it will atrophy. We will only grow weaker, spiritually. But if we are working out our faith, if we are walking out our faith, if we are building up our faith like we do muscles, it'll only grow stronger. In fact, building faith muscles is very much like building muscle muscles. And I found from my own experience that there is a great correlation in my spiritual life between weightlifting and really all exercise and the spiritual life. And I'm going to give you a few practical examples of, of what I mean by that. First, when you lift weights, you need sound instruction. Okay? We've all seen those well-intentioned recreational athletes on YouTube, haven't we? Those folks that get on the back machine and try to do leg exercises. Or those folks that are swinging weights around. And it's silly. It's silly to watch. But they're also going to hurt themselves. Well, the same way, spiritually speaking, we need sound spiritual instruction. Trying to live out the spiritual life with no instruction, it's not only silly to watch, it can actually be really dangerous. You know, I have watched and listened, and I have honestly, personally lived out some really unhealthy— bizarre spiritual behavior driven by really unhealthy spiritual thinking that I just sort of came up with. And I've asked people about their spiritual life. I'm like, tell me about your spiritual life. And, and they begin to tell me about it, and I'll go, where did you get that? Like, where did you get the framework for that spiritual thought or, or, or that spiritual structure? And they'll look at me and they'll be like, I saw it on YouTube. I just kind of came up with it. I heard this here, I heard that there, it sounds good to me. We need to realize something. Our brains are broken. I can prove it. There is a way that seems right to us, 
But in the end, it's what? Death. The Scripture tells us that we have broken brains, and we're surrounded by people with broken brains. And so what we need is sound spiritual instruction from a sound spiritual source. I've also learned from personal experience that when weightlifting, I need a spotter. Okay? Especially with free weights. Don't lift alone. Y'all, I have watched some really unsafe behavior. I've watched guys bounce dumbbells off their foreheads. I've seen people roll a bar back onto their throat. And it, and it's, it would be funny if it wasn't so incredibly dangerous. Well, family, we need spiritual spotters. Trying to live life, the spiritual life, without a spiritual spotter can keep us from growing and can also lead to unnecessary injury. You see, a spiritual spotter, they're there to push us and to help us and to keep us from getting stuck or hurt or hurting others. They can jump in. We can run stuff by them. We're like, hey, I've been thinking. And they're like, yeah, that's not a good thought. Well, this morning, with good instruction and a spotter, I would like to take you on a field trip to a local gym. You guys okay with that? Yeah. All right, let's go. Throw up your rocks, sis, if you're feeling it when I drop this. Show them how we blow the spot. Let's make it hot. The shotgun with the body rock. So the party stops. It's time to take it up a notch and keep it locked for all the headbangers in the parking lot. Here we all right. Welcome to the local gym. Okay, so this morning, this is Edward, and this is my lovely wife, Madeline. Okay, so this morning, I'm just going to throw it out. Hashtag building faith muscles. I have no idea what hashtags do. I really don't. But I think, I think that what they do is they connect people with something. And I think that what we can do is we can connect people with things that are spiritually enriching our own lives. And so I want to encourage you, if you find something that is spiritually enriching by a discussion that we are having here on a Sunday morning, I want you to share it with others. Because what if? What if it reaches one more person? What if by putting a simple hashtag, again, I have no idea what they do, but I think they connect things together. By putting a simple hashtag, maybe one more person will hear the gospel, will give their life to Christ, and will be giving, begin to live a real spiritual life from a real spiritual source. So hashtag building faith muscles. Well, this morning, we are at the local gym, and this is the bench press. Okay, this is, this is kind of the, the chief lift. This is the lift that guys want to go in there and they want to throw up a, a bunch of weight. And I want to tell you, we all start in the same place. We start with the bar. Please start with the bar. I have seen people load up a bunch of weight on there and they're going to just lift it and all of a sudden they just rip something. It's an awful sound. Okay, so we start with the bar. And this is kind of spiritually where we're all at. When we put our faith in Christ, we begin with the bar. And that's okay. We often will look at other people and they have this great spiritual life and we're like, I'll never be like them. And it's like, well, you just got started. We begin with the bar spiritually. There was a time where I began with the bar. Well, this morning I'm going to begin with 135. Can you put the 45s on? Okay, so what I'm going to do this morning is, is I'm going to need your help. Okay? And I'm going to begin with 135 pounds. Okay? I realize you've never seen a pastor do this on a Sunday morning. Okay, Edward is my spotter. Isn't my lovely wife beautiful? 
All right. One, two, three. Mine. One, two. Let's get it, Chris. Let's get it, Chris. Okay. So there was a time where that was my max. That was as good as I could do. Okay? That was a while ago. So this morning we're going to add some more weight. Can you please put 35s on? Okay, this is now 205 pounds. This was a max for me. And I remember the day that I hit 200 pounds. I was in, I think, 10th grade. And I was like, dude, I'm going to do this. I was not in sixth grade. Okay, so I'm going to do a couple of reps at 205 pounds. Can you please help me? Yes. Okay. One, two, three. Mine. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Okay, so now... We're going to step up to the next weight, which is 225 pounds. This is a very important number. It is the number of endurance. We often get it in our minds that it's all about one rep. And we can have one rep faith. Where we're just like, I did it once. I did something great once. But that's not the spiritual life. The spiritual life is about spiritual endurance. 225 is the number of endurance. When you look at the NFL Combine, they do 225 as many times as they can. And so this morning, I'm going to try to do 225 as many as I can. And you all are going to help me. Okay? So as I'm doing it, I would, pref I would really like for you to count with me. All right. Okay, and when I get stuck, I need some encouragement. Can you all do that? Yeah. We work together on this one? Okay, hold on. I got to get my mind right. Take me a second here. That is officially my highest rep count. You all clap for me, I clap for you. I wouldn't have been able to do that without you. That was difficult. Okay? Very difficult. And the question we have to ask is why? Why would you ever intentionally put yourself in a difficult situation. Thank you. It is because through that difficulty I am made stronger. And this morning we're going to look at the power of difficulties in our lives to make us spiritually stronger. 
In fact, we're going to discover that without these difficulties, we're not going to be able to get stronger. So I want you to look at James chapter 1, verse 2. James is going to begin with the mind. The mind is the most powerful muscle we possess. A mind can, can push us forward or it can shut us down. A spiritually healthy mind is a powerful thing. That is why James in verse 2 says, Count it all joy. To count means to think, to reason, to consider and think through circumstances in such a way that the prevailing theme is joy. And what's going to be startling are the particular circumstances that James is referencing. And in fact, we're not supposed just to have joy, but pure joy. These circumstances are not the circumstances that typically spark joy in us. In fact, these are the circumstances that typically spark frustration, anger, fear, anxiety, doubt. These are the things that tempt us to spiritually shut down and quit running the race of faith. These are the circumstances and situations that get us to these places where we're like, where are you, God? Why are you allowing this to happen to me? These specific circumstances are what James is referencing when he says, count it all joy, pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials, or these trials meet you of various kinds. I'm going to give you the Chris Carroll translation. Be stoked when life brings you all kinds of difficulties. I know that's my first thought, right? When things get tough. Well, James references in a really general way these difficulties we face in this life. And I'm going to say this right up front. We live in a world of difficulty. Surrounded by difficult people. We have lives that are filled with difficult issues. We're engaged in difficult relationships. We're challenged every day by difficult choices. We're being constantly bombarded by difficult things. This life is difficult. So, what kind of difficulties are we talking about? We're talking about running out of money before running out of month. The loss of a job, conflicts in marriage, difficulties in parenting, conflicts with a boss, a crummy boss, a crummy neighbor, a barbecue stain on my white t-shirt. See what, don't sing the rest of that. A shouting match with the spouse. News from the doctor. A blown AC in the middle of summer. Bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic when we're late for a meeting. Wi-Fi going down the first week of virtual school. But not fun. A toilet overflowing. A stub toe. A bad case of heartburn, sunburn, or diaper burn. Can you all think of any difficulties? That you may be facing right now And don't be afraid to yell them out Because you know what You might encourage somebody else Who's going through the same difficulty What difficulties are we facing? Nasty boss, Nasty boss. I know no, no one else can relate to that <laughs> Staff of Firewall Bible Fellowship No comment <laughs> What else? Addiction Isolation Cancer, Cancer. What's it? Anxiety Depression. These are difficulties, would we all agree? The list can go on, and it, it can go from extreme difficulties to run-of-the-mill difficulties, and we're told here to be joyous about them? It doesn't make any sense to the natural mind. 
That's why we need a spiritual mind. Because the question we have to ask is, why in the world would I ever be happy or stoked or joyous about these difficult circumstances? Well, here's the key. We're not actually being instructed to be stoked about these difficulties. But we are told to be stoked about what these difficulties are bringing about in us. Just like weightlifting. What was once difficult and is difficult brings about something good. Physical strength and endurance. In the same way, when we face difficulties, they can bring about something really good. They can bring about greater spiritual strength and greater spiritual endurance. And that's why in James 1.3, he's going to make a statement as if we already know all this. Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody <laughs> and they're talking about something and you have no earthly idea what they're talking about? But you just kind of nod your head? Ah, yeah. The, the widget magic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. I was having a conversation with a guy about electricity uh, recently. Pretty important because uh, I was about to do something with electricity and I didn't really think it was going to be fun to have a, a current of electricity coursing through my body. And so he was talking all of this electrical jargon and at one point, and this is, this is really when it shows, it took the fear of death for me to actually tell a guy I didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> like the fear of getting electrocuted, I was like, hey, um, can you... Can you explain in like layman's terms what you're talking about? He's like, oh yeah, you pull the fuse this way, you do that. And I went, oh. Well, in the same way, spiritually, we can talk about things and we can just nod our head and go, oh, yeah, yeah, totally, without asking like, how do I do that? James says, for you know this. This is something that we should know. And we're tempted to just speak, oh yeah, I totally know that. For you know that the testing of your faith, you see he equates these difficulties with the testing of our faith that produces steadfastness. And we can read that and be like, well, of course it does. If we saw this question on a spiritual test, I'm pretty sure that we all could get the answer right. In fact, I would like to take a spiritual test with you, okay? So let's, let's take this together. The testing of our faith, and answer spiritually, please, produces A, frustration, B, fear, C, steadfastness, or C, Blue or blues. Everybody on three. One, two, three. <laughs> Some of us are not so sure. It's C, right? We can get that answer right on the test. But when our life is being tested, our tendency. And I know in my own life, my first, second, and third thought is not, wow, this is really hard. My faith is being tested. Wow, something great's coming about through this. You see, to view my circumstances that way, I need a spiritually healthy mind. And you know what that spiritually healthy mind comes from? Sound spiritual instruction. And that's what, it, that's what James is giving us this morning. You see, the way I view things that I'm facing is important. You know, I feel like right now we're very tempted to walk around like a bunch of spiritual Eeyores. Ah, I gotta wear a mask. Ah, I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. 
Well, well, at least there's toilet paper. Right? Like, we have this tendency. James tells us that these, these difficulties we're facing, they're essential, and we're to face them with a particular framework, and we're to see them as faith-testing events. Some big and some are small. It's these moments in time, and they happen all the time. When our faith is being tested, it's heated up, and, and we're being pushed. And it, you know what it's like? It's like adding a little bit more weight to the barbell or a little bit more speed to the treadmill. These faith-testing events, they push us to trust more and more in the Lord. And not in ourselves. More and more to walk by faith and not by sight. More and more to die to self and the way I want to live. To more and more lay my life down as a living sacrifice. To more and more serve others to more and more endure a little suffering. Y'all, we got to get a little tougher as Christians these days. We do. We need to be able to endure a little bit of suffering compared to the suffering of our Savior. We need to toughen up. Because these sufferings, when compared to the sufferings of Christ, right? And maybe the sufferings of other Christians around the world, right? We are, we are told in the scriptures that when we're going through difficulties, we are to trust in the Lord with all of our what? With all of our heart, and to not lean on our own broken brain! And to all of our ways, acknowledge him. That means bring God into every moment of our life. And he will make our path straight. We keep trying to make our own path straight. And try to figure out every difficulty and every solution. And we're trying to figure out the future. And trying to understand the past. And here's the deal. It's way bigger than our ability. A friend of mine, I'm going to call him Bob. He has, a, he has a little card by his, his bedside when he wakes up. And this is what it reads. Dear Bob, <laughs> this is God. I will be handling all of your problems today, and I will not be needing your help. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? It's a reminder that God's in control and I'm not. And while the prevailing theme, I think this is fascinating, because we're told to trust in the Lord with all of our heart, not lean on our understanding. Now, by the way, that's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. When we look at this season that we're in, the prevailing theme, would you all agree, is not joy? Would you agree with that? The prevailing theme right now is not joy. But for the believer, it should be. We should be able to rejoice in any season, especially this one. If our rejoicing is only found when circumstances are going well, then our joy is not in the Lord, it is in the circumstances we're in. If our only joy, spiritual joy, is found when circumstances are going well, then our joy is not in the Lord, it is in our circumstances. 
family. We can, as believers, look at this season like any difficult season and know that it is producing something more valuable in us than comfort. There is something more valuable to the Christian than comfort. And it's the word steadfastness. It means spiritual stamina. Endurance. That's why the E is underlined right here. Endurance. It's not just about one rep strength. Steadfastness is the ability to keep pushing even when faced with increasing difficulties to which James adds, James 1-4, let this steadfastness, this endurance, let it have its full effect. See it through. Don't quit. Don't stop. Yes, it's hard. This season right now is incredibly difficult. And for some of us, the thought is, well, for y'all, coronavirus is tough, but my life's already tough. I went in to the coronavirus with an incredibly difficult life. And, and I'll be honest with you, I'm a, when I'm in a difficult season and things are hard, I want the pain to end. I do not want to go any farther. But you know what? That's where that spiritual spotter steps in. And they say, one more rep. Don't quit. I will do it with you. And you can take that next step. And even though we want to quit, we keep pushing. And then all of a sudden, some faith muscles pop up. And we have a little bit more endurance. And a little bit more stamina. And a little bit more endurance for that next difficulty that comes. And when that next difficulty that comes, what used to spiritually sink us, it's like that barbell. You're like, I could lift this a hundred times. And what's actually happening is we're being matured in our Christian life. As we walk through these difficulties, the scriptures keep reminding me, Chris, it's time to grow up spiritually. To mature in the Christian faith. To where I'm trusting more and more in the Lord and not myself. Where we're trusting more and more in the Lord and not our circumstances or our bank accounts or, or our full refrigerators and pantries. Where we're trusting in the Lord and not our broken brains and not our own understanding. Where we are trusting in God to be God. And we're willing to relinquish the throne because we are not. In this season, yes, in this season, and I'll argue especially this season, we have the potential of stepping out of this pandemic in greater spiritual health than when we entered it. James chapter 1, verse 4. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Let steadfastness have its perfect work. So that you may be perfect and complete. That is spiritually mature. When I read that, I read, it's time to grow up. To continue growing in the Christian life. And as we grow, more and more of what we spiritually need is ours. This past week, I was working out next to slacker Sam. 
You could call her Slowpoke Sally. Uh, Y'all know who I'm talking about, and I apologize if your name is Sally or Sam. I didn't say Felicia or Karen. <laughs> We're just picking on a lot of people these days, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, but you know who I'm talking about. That person who just goes to the gym. They're not there to work out. Like, they just kind of like, I could do that. I could probably do that. I could do that. Ah, it's time to go. And here's the deal. You can run into that person a month later, six months later, a year later, five years later, and they're going to be in the same place. It's a living parable. We can be in a place where the spiritual life is being developed. We can be in a place where there's sound spiritual instruction filled with spiritual spotters. Every spiritual opportunity to grow. We can go to church every single week. We can go through the motions every single week. But if we are not actually taking tangible faith steps, we're not going to spiritually grow. Our faith is not just an intellectual exercise. That is a legitimate danger of the Christian life, that we can turn it into a purely intellectual exercise. Faith is action. It's movement. It's a faith step. It begins when we take that first faith step to, step to recognize that we need a Savior. When we place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, many people hang out around the church, and they never truly, from the heart, articulate with their mouth, yes, Lord Jesus, I believe. We confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, and we will be what? Saved. That is a spiritual step. The spiritual step of baptism. To say, yes, Lord, I'm going to follow you in believer's baptism. I am so excited for next, next Sunday. Because we are going to witness the, just this incredible, beautiful moment in, in these believers' lives where they are taking tangible faith steps where before the church and before really the world, because we're going to be out in the parking lot, and so anybody that's driving by is going to see... And they're going to see believers taking a true tangible faith step and saying, yes, I consecrate my life to you, Lord Jesus. Just like a, a bath cleanses me from physical dirt, this is a picture of spiritual cleansing. I am being lowered into the water just like Christ was lowered in the grave, and I'm now raised up to walk a new life. How many of y'all want to walk a new spiritual life? There is a physical picture of that. That is baptism. If you would like to be baptized next week, or you want to place your faith, or you even want to, you want to ask, what does it even mean to believe? I want you to go on our website, click on the tile that says faith and baptism. Fill that form out, I will call you. But what is that faith step that you're taking? What is your faith step? It's joining a Bible study, getting around other believers, waking up early and starting the day in a devotional. Seeking the scripture, praying, tangible faith steps. 
But if we don't take any of those tangible faith steps, run into us a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, three years from now, four years from now, five years from now, we're in the same spiritual place. Family, if we were in the same spiritual place that we were a month ago, six months ago, a year ago, five years ago, something has gone spiritually wrong. We grow every single day. It is an active faith. And it's one day at a time. It's one spiritual step at a time. But you know what? You string enough days together of spiritual, spiritual health. You know what happens? We look up all of a sudden, and we're like, look what God has done! We've grown! And then we're experiencing the blessings. Look at James 1.12. This is phenomenal. Because there's a purpose for all of this. Not only are we being made spiritually stronger, but there's a reward. Just like when there's a race, or just like there's a competition, there's some type of a reward that people are chasing. It's, it's crazy. My wife and I are part of a gym. And it, they, they push this. We got, you know, these trainers, and they, they have these workouts. We go to them. Well, every now and then, they'll do like a special workout, and, and you'll push yourself to the limit, and you, the reward is like a pair of socks or like a little towel thing. But you know what? I'll kill myself for that pair of socks. We have a real reward awaiting us. It is eternal. It does not tarnish, nor does it fade. We should be striving for that prize. If I can physically kill myself for a pair of socks, man, I can lay it all on the line for a true, spiritual, eternal reward. Verse 12, blessed, blessed, blessed is the man or woman who remains steadfast under trial. For when he or she has stood the test, he or she will receive the what? The crown of life. Paul calls it the crown of righteousness. There are rewards for faithfulness in this life. And the greatest reward is whatever reward we receive, we have the privilege and the high honor of laying it back down at the feet of Christ. And listen to this. The crown of life which God has promised to those who what? Love him. Family, when we walk out this life of faith, it is a love letter to God. Every time we take a, a tangible faith step, it's, it's a way of saying, Lord, I love you. When we read in the scriptures, do this, and we do it. Do this in remembrance of me. When we opened our communion this morning, we told God, we told Jesus, I love you. Let our lives be that love letter to God. And so I just want to end with this. It's time to pump some serious spiritual iron. I just had to tie it all together. So some next steps. Please, please, please do not walk out of here without making some level of a commitment to, make a, to take an actual step this week. First one is I want to say, face step, seek out sound spiritual instruction. You notice I say seek it out. If you are a real seeker, it's there. Remind yourself that sound spiritual instruction comes from a sound spiritual source. 
It comes from the scriptures. It comes from people who are spiritually mature. Look around. There are spiritually mature men and women in this church. Look around and see somebody who spiritually has what you want and go ask them, hey, how did you get that? Sound devotional material, we have ordered a few copies of New Morning Mercies. It is one of the best, one of the best devotionals I've ever read. It's by Paul Tripp. I read it every morning. This morning it was about kingdoms, my kingdom or his kingdom. And when I got done with that devotional this morning, I was like, please, God, may my kingdom die. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. It's sound teaching. Okay, this is not the only church. Okay, there is sound biblical teaching. But wherever you're at, make sure it's sound biblical teaching. Because we need sound spiritual instruction. It's getting up at 7.30 and, and logging into Facebook and hanging out with a cup of coffee and we, we talk through the book of Philippians. It's attending one of our Bible studies or getting in a group. Look, it's, it's available to us. And if we try to live the spiritual life with no instruction, it's going to look silly, but it's also incredibly dangerous and unhealthy. How about marriage? Do you need sound spiritual instruction on marriage? How about parenting? It's crazy. We undertake these enormous callings with no instruction. We're like, oh, I'll just kind of figure it out as I go along. That's, that's never been a train wreck, right? How about empty nesting? <laughs> that sounds like somebody who knows what they're talking about. Woo! <laughs> How about being a hair's breadth away from eternity? How about just starting out the spiritual journey? There's sound spiritual instruction if we're willing to seek it. So my encouragement is seek it this week. Secondly, seek out a spiritual spotter. If you do not have a spiritually sound person in your life that you can call or talk with or study Scripture together or pray together on a regular basis, then you are essentially lifting alone. A Christian will not grow alone. It just does not happen. Trying to live without a spiritual spotter, it can keep us from growing. It's that person that can cheer us on when we feel like quitting. They're like, one more. You can do it. I'll do it with you. And we're about to do something really dumb. They're, they're that person where we can go, hey, is this dumb? And they go, that's definitely dumb. Really dumb. Dumb, dumb. Don't be a dumb, dumb. And it's that person that we can call up and we can seek spiritual advice from and we can confess our hidden sin struggles. It's crazy to me how many people are dying quietly and refuse to humble themselves and ask for help. Help! And we're like, well, I don't want somebody else to know. Then die alone. And it isn't just you. It's the people that we take down with us. 
The spiritual life is a surrendering thing. It's a dying to self thing. It's a death of the ego. And it's a willingness to confess, I cannot do this alone. I need help. You know what? You want to know what a spiritual spotter is? A lifesaver. Straight up lifesaver. I speak from experience. Again, look for a person who spiritually has what you want and ask them, for, for my own personal experience, they're worth their weight in gold. And then I just want to end here. Strive for the prize this week. By the way, start getting in your mind who that spiritual spotter might be. And if you're spiritually mature, start looking around and going, hey, I, can, I maybe be available to that person and maybe even just offer it. Hey, do you need some help? They say, no, that's okay. Just be like, okay, I'm available anytime. Here's my number. And then finally, strive for the prize. I want the crown. How about you? You guys want the crown? Lord Jesus, this morning we thank you for our time together. It has been fun. It has been challenging. It has been honest and real. Lord, we approach you in our frailty, and, and we confess that, yes, we are sinners, and yes, we need saving, but your scripture tells us that we have gone from sinner to saint. From citizens of this world to citizens of heaven, that is significant. If you have not placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that is where the spiritual life begins. To live the spiritual life, you need a spiritual source, and that begins when you say, yes, Lord Jesus, I believe. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe you were buried, and I believe you have risen. Please, Jesus, save my life. If that is truly your heart's prayer, articulate that. Tell him, Lord Jesus, I believe. Please save my life. If that is truly your heart's prayer, the Bible declares you, you pass from death, spiritual death, to spiritual life. The spiritual life has just begun. And with our eyes closed, like what spiritual steps are you taking this week? Lord Jesus, you know heart and mind. You know every single heart and mind that is here this morning. We're making that commitment before you, Lord. We thank you for your grace in our life, for without it we die. We love you. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together and stretch. It's always good to stretch after every workout, right? <laughs> now go into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Honor all men, strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering, and share the gospel. Love and serve the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all till we meet again, same time, same place next week. And do not forget, family, you are love. Now let's carry that love out. Family, do not forget, please be generous, support the work of your church. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. But guess where we're going to be meeting? Baptism next week. We'll see you next time.
desperate for help You know what it's like to be tired And only a shell of yourself You start to believe You don't have what it takes 